0: Hello, hello, hello. Happy Wednesday, everyone. Hey, if you've joined with us, just pop in the comments really quick and tell us hello and and where you're watching from or tell us what the weather's like. You know, we love to talk about the weather. I I think that that's just kind of a a comfort, (laughs) little comfort blankie that that we hold on to and, and talk about the weather. Hi, Jeff. Um, and, and I can't even tell yeah, you, we like to weather. nestle up to that thing. Yeah, it's super weird. I don't know why we talk about the weather. <laughs> I don't really talk about the weather until all of a sudden we're live and I don't have anything to say immediately. So I just waste time and, and talk about the weather. It's bright and sunny here in, in Kansas and, um, and we are to we are on track today to break records weather-wise. So that is information. We, we are, we have record- I missed this one. <laughs> Maybe I am more invested in the weather than I realize. <laughs> <laughs> We're on track to break records today for highs in, in November. I believe that oh. the forecasted high is 76. Is is what I want mm-hmm. to say. So that's that's actually pretty warm for November in in Kansas, yeah. and oh gosh, and and we have hello loves, and um, yes. Anne Marie, where are you at? Where is where is our greeting? And did you see her call me out? I I, I shortened her name to AM on Monday, and she's like, "You're mm-hmm. gonna have to do better."
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: I was like, I just didn't want to type out your whole name. <laughs> because inevitably it autocorrects, and so it was just easier to Every do time. AM. Yeah, it, I can trick yeah. my phone into thinking that I'm talking about a time frame if I just do AM. <laughs> anyway, we are talking about feet this morning. This is a topic that we got into a couple of weeks ago, well, a week and a half ago, on on a Sunday and um, in, in the, the very end the last hours of a corporate fast that we were participating in and um, and really i mean it was because of that time spent pressing in and and asking god for the details and and having all the time set aside to to really investigate what it is that, that he is saying um, i i found myself revealed, my posture was revealed over the last 10 years. And this is coupled with the information, the challenge that Laura Beth Malloy brought to us three weeks ago about tethers and, and needing to sever all tethers in order for us to be able to step into the next assignment that God has for us. And we haven't even really got to talk about that yet. And I'm excited about it because it's kind of become the thing, you know, how some organizations have elephants in the room. Well, we have a warship (laughs) and maybe some elephants. I don't know. Who knows? Definitely have a warship in, in the room and it is All that we're thinking about right now and talking about and wanting to learn more about, but first, the tethers. We have to know what is holding us, what's holding us hostage, really. Like, how have we found ourselves um, as prisoners of war? And um, in light of that, God had revealed a picture of myself stretched out across a 10 year span. And, and I could get into a a litany much like Paul did, you know, I I've been beaten, I've been (laughs) shipwrecked, I've been, you know, this whole thing of all of the terrible, no good, very bad things that, that have taken place over the last 10 years in my life. But what I did not recognize is how I had postured myself. In that time period, and and I know that that we are at uh, my family is is at this 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 threshold space right now where God is like I, I'm actually wanting to close the door on that because you're entering into a new day. Can we all just like Amen. celebrate? Amen. You do it in your sign language. I don't care how you do. it this <laughs> like we are celebrating this and um it, it feels good to to know that 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 decade is coming to a close but there was work that needed to be done in that because what he showed me was that that all of those disastrous things that had taken place had created a crater and and i took on the responsibility to be the covering of the crater. And so I was stretched out and my feet were in 2013 and my hands were literally gripping territory, the ground. I even had dirt under my nails. I was clinging to the ground so tightly and and was just pulled tight across this, what felt like chasm of um, horrific events. And um, I'm being very dramatic, I realize, but <laughs> it was, it was. And um, yeah. to any of that, but um and, and then God was showing me, revealing my heart. In all of that, is that I took on the responsibility in that time frame to protect. That I thought that it was my job to protect and make sure that, um, that everybody made it out alive. And 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 when when terrible things happen, um, we either cling to God or we find other things to comfort ourselves. And some of that had been going on. And, um, and so I, I, I took on the responsibility as the motivator to push everyone toward Jesus and, um, and and never realizing that that's what I was doing. And so I had myself in in a duplistic space of fear and faith. And if you know anything about fear and faith, you know they don't mix well. They are not a substance that actually mixes at all. they just layer. They sit on top of each other and and they do not work well together. And so I'm saying all of this to reveal to you that my feet were found shackled or tethered, if you will, in 2013. And God starts revealing the importance of having my feet actually under me rather than stretched out across an entire decade because he's wanting to lift me upright so that I have feet to stand on. I cannot be in, in, you know, the beginning of a decade and the end of a decade and think that I'm going to be able to advance successfully. And, um and so that took me on a journey of really starting to investigate what is the importance of having our feet And ultimately, you cannot be an ambassador of the kingdom of God if your feet are not under you. And the very interesting part of this whole thing is that once God really had me in a place where I was understanding and agreeing with him, yes, I've done this because that's what he's looking for, (laughs) his agreement so that he can actually bring us up to speed, is that my body, my physical body was manifesting signs of my feet being held in a different space. I would over the last several, several years, my feet have been um, cramping really badly. And it was starting to get to the point where it was going up my calves. And actually, this even happened the other night. And I was so mad, you guys. I was like, no, you cannot do that. I know where my feet are. You have um, no authority here. <laughs> exactly. And so it, it was acting as, as a word of knowledge that my my feet were physically being cramped, and having a reaction to my spiritual reality. And so I invite you to pay attention to what's going on in your physical body, because it is likely a manifestation of where you are positioned spiritually. And so we need our feet underneath us. Right, this is important. Feet are important, and you can look in in the Word of God and see how important feet are. And I just want to draw our attention to a space, and then we'll let Vince jump in and take us somewhere. Um, Adam and Eve messed up, right? We're in Genesis three. Adam and Eve have messed up. They ate the fruit they weren't supposed to eat. God came walking as usual, and He's like, "Where are you at?" And they hide and cover themselves interesting. And this is what happened. Um, and, And God said to the serpent, because you have done this, you are cursed more than all the cattle and more than all the animals of the field. Upon your stomach, you will go and dust you will eat all the days of your life. Now, does anybody else find that it's interesting that God took the serpent's feet? In all reality, The enemy, (laughs) Tomi says the enemy has been defeated. Ha! (laughs) That's a good one. It is a good one. At the onset of rebellion, the enemy lost all authority as an ambassador. We have all authority. We are the ones that have been given dominion because we still have our feet. If we know where they're at, he goes on. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed. He will bruise you on the head, but you will bruise him on the heel. So we see here that the offspring of the woman will have authority in his feet to be able to crush the head of the enemy which is why we need our feet. Because we are we are like Christ. We are to carry out his victory. We are to take authority, take dominion on the earth and do the same. We are to bruise the head of the enemy with our feet. So, we had to go there to understand where the beginning of the authority of feet have come from. This is so, so important. We have to know where our feet are. Jump in. Uh,
1: this topic is absolutely fascinating. I love it. Uh, and, and really in the sense that uh, there is the, the ever increasing necessity to know where your feet are. Right. Yeah. since you introduced this topic uh I'm seeing revelation more and more of the significance where of where my feet are and 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 this is this is a, a space where you saw yourself stretched across a decade and your feet still back there and that is a choice that we have to make we have the partnership with God to be able to choose where are our feet and and we but we have to take the time to look around you know what we where we choose to set our feet uh, is often largely influenced by preference and comfort, which is unfortunate. Um, if we are transparent with ourselves, it's it's likely to prove to be accurate statement that that is true. Uh, and, and this really necessitates uh, the plea that we were corporately crying out on Sunday: "Of Holy Spirit, search me,
0: yeah,
1: and and really look into my soul and." and And show me where I have chosen to place my feet, and uh, and and do so with the motivation to respond to God in a manner of of repentance that leads to transformation, not just to uh, a redoubling of efforts and you know, do better type of thing. That's a great statement, but it really holds no substance in this conversation. So, um, you know, this is a one hundred percent required conversation before embarking on uh, an ambassadorial mission. We yeah. must know where our feet are and be willing to take the steps to, to get our feet into proper position. And, and in this examination, uh, uh the question was kind of posed to me, are your feet moving or stationary? Cool. And, and I thought it was, it was an interesting question. And, and, cause I hadn't considered it in this conversation before we, um, decided we were going to focus on that today. And so, you know, thinking about movement, this means you're you're in motion uh, from from one level of glory to another uh, uh, while uh, in training or uh, it means you're moving out on a mission. You are heading towards an assignment. There there are different things that you could you could take from this, but you have to be willing to sit long enough and and look at your feet and say, Holy Spirit, show me where my feet are at right now. Yeah. Where am I choosing to, to place my feet? Um, And stationary could mean, you know, an intense point of focused training Uh, or you're at your current assignment and and now you are you are in the midst of that thing and carrying that out. But we have to understand that regardless of moving or stationary, uh, our, our feet should be planted in the kingdom. You know, if if our mindset is of repentance, transformation and moving the kingdom forward, when we look at our feet, that is kingdom ground. And, and that is something we have to understand. If, if they are not, then uh, you could be receiving training from the wrong source. Uh, you could possibly be carrying out a mission that didn't originate from the king. And that's a scary thought uh, to consider. Uh, that yeah. thought being, I'm fulfilling an enemy assignment now. That's, that's kind of scary. But th- that also, at the same time, underscores oneness Uh, and the significance uh, held inside of that, both oneness with Christ and oneness with each other. The the things we want to view as individualistic in the kingdom, uh, in the kingdom of reality, hold significance really for the entire body. That's something we cannot let go of. Uh, For example, with, with unedited life, if we are called to war for Ireland, which is one of those things that came out of that worship word, then kingdom of reality dictates what I do in secret actually holds weight for the oneness of all of us in the organization. Yeah. yeah. Inversely, what I fail to do as it relates to relationship with Jesus and, and being in secret diminishes the capacity that I show up with. And in, in that regard, oneness suffers because I don't come in fullness. Yeah. Where where my feet are and how I'm currently being directed to use them and in partnership with that directive uh, to use them, it applies to the body as a whole, uh, more so than for me personally. And uh, sure, there is is an effect one way or the other on the local body here. However, we, uh, unedited life, have been handed a higher calling, whether you or I like it or not. That is the case. We've been handed a higher calling. Yeah, meaning how I show up now has much more significant area of impact and influence than what I knew before. And and therefore, if that's the case, then the significance of my feet placement matters beyond what I can see uh, in in the, the natural realm, in this seen realm. In the unseen realm, I'm able to see much further and much farther which is why this conversation with Holy Spirit has to take place. It's time to look there. Take yeah. the time to look. Be curious about where your feet are at. Understand how you're using them currently and where they're taking you. And Isaiah 52, 7 says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Yeah, this is a a verse that we can partner with because of what Christ brought us into through the cross and resurrection. We are are those who are uh, stepping out as ambassadors to to bring the good news. And and this this verse is is used multiple times uh, that you can find in in scripture. Uh, Nahum uses it when he's prophesying to Judah about Nineveh and the Assyrians 100 years after Jonah was there. And then Paul uses it again in Romans 10. And and we have to remember that, again, what we are are viewing as individuals and and thinking of in that way is is to be brought into oneness, where it holds real significance and weight, because this is not an individual sport that we're playing here. This, right. is a, this is a team activity and, and oneness is is what we are, are talking about when or that is what we're talking about when we're talking about oneness is is that and so uh, the the conversation of, of where are my feet yes I, I better look look down and see them in the kingdom and then in the same uh, uh, right on the back side of that I, are my feet stationary? if so what's taking place in that time? am I yeah. moving? What am I moving towards and, and, and what is going on in, in that movement?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and a really good indicator is um, are you experiencing new things yet not advancing? This is a really good indicator of where your feet are. Are, are you someone who feels like you're going around the same mountain over and over it's a, it's a good possibility that your feet are actually not under you. And, and let's, let's not jump to a fence quickly here. This is to free you. We do not want anyone being held captive as a prisoner of war. You don't belong in the enemy's camp. You, you are a vessel of good news. Do you know that you are a living epistle? But you cannot be a living epistle that has any authority without your feet underneath you. You can talk the talk, but you have no authority to move anything if your feet are not underneath you because it is the feet that bring the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. We have to have our feet underneath us. So just take a second and ask Holy Spirit. feel my feet. Where are they? And don't be afraid of what you see. I think so often that we look briefly and we don't sit in the thing long enough to allow discernment to kick in because he's not going to show you where your feet are if they are in a space of bondage without giving you the keys of release also. And so you have to look deeper than what just initially surfaces. Don't don't have spiritual eyes that don't have discernment, okay? We've got to use discernment along with our, our ability to see. We need to see beyond what it is that flashes up initially and ask questions. Become the investigator. How did my feet get here? What took place that, that brought my feet into this place of, of um, being held or tethered? and uh, for me it literally looked like shackles like my feet were shackled in in position and um but don't get stuck there yes that can be an alarming picture but ask the questions now how do i get free we have a Big job to do as kingdom people and we certainly need our feet underneath us because we must advance we know that scripture tells us that that jesus came with the government of the kingdom of god on his shoulders who do you think is to carry that out today raise your hand it's you it's me It's our job to carry that out. The government has been passed on and we are the ones. It is the burden that we carry. And we need our feet underneath us to properly carry the kingdom, to be able to advance the kingdom. And and so it really is. It might seem like a, a small thing. It's not. It's a big thing. And you need to know where your feet are and how do you untether them from where it is that, that they're at. Maybe maybe for you they're buried. I, I don't know. But but they're God God is so faithful. He's so faithful to reveal what what it is that has taken place that's taken our feet out from underneath us. But we need them to be able to to stand.
1: I, I like that you brought out you know be an investigator investigator their whole job is asking questions like you're talking about. And, and we often throw the word uh you know interrogate these things interrogate i, I love the imagery of that because this really uh, um, encapsulates the idea of being a king and searching out a matter searching yes. out of things that are hidden is when we go in and we start interrogating thoughts we start interrogating what's going on where our feet are at if if we see our feet are being tethered uh, like we've been talking about for the last few weeks or Tethers in the last few years. um, Why are we not interrogating these things? Why are we not intensely shining the light? You know, turning up the heat on this thing and 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 saying, "Give me the answers." What is going on? Again, this is going to come back to how willing are we to sit and and wait for the answers? Are Are we going to use discernment? Well, discernment's going to take a moment to be able to say, "Okay." I'm going to sit here. I'm going to listen to God. I'm listening, God, to everything you're saying until you are done talking. And then I'm going to bring my questions and I'm going to start looking and discerning and interrogating and asking questions. God's not afraid of a little interrogation from us. He's got all the answers. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we we shouldn't be scared to to ask the questions and to get into this. And, And that that cyclic behavior that you alluded to earlier It robs us of our authority to do these things. It robs us of the authority to become the investigator because uh, the investigators are, aren't, um, aren't going around the same mountain because this moment they see that that is happening. They're going to ask different questions. They're going to, they're going to move perspective and and change what it is they're seeing and and continue to move forward. And, you know, we talked about uh, before we came on, we talked about attitudes and postures. and, And this is, This is significant to, to the, that this whole conversation is the attitude that we bring to this better be one of, of that investigator, like you mentioned, and and not one of, of triviality and seeing things that, uh, should be, uh, taken more seriously and and not be laughed at or not be held in, in a space of humor when Mm -hmm. certainly God is not holding it that way.
0: Right. Yeah, and I I think that so we we have been in a time of of having to face the the ferocity of God. He has shown up in this last season in a way that most of us have not allowed him to, if I can say it in 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 that way, um, that we've kind of pushed that that side of God aside because it doesn't line up with. Um, our preferences and and that but, but this time you know he came and there and there wasn't an option you know it was i am the all-consuming fire and i'm not going away and and so we're seeing a completely different side of of god than, than we have around here anyway over the last bit of time we have very uh, been very different deeply entrenched in in a a grace movement and and understanding the grace of God, which I think is necessary. You will not find me mocking that because I think that it was a very necessary part of our journey to have that as as a foundation, if you will, to, to really understand the heart of God. But we cannot reject the seriousness of the Father in this space. If we had completely rejected that, we would not have any understanding of what is meant by having zeal for the father's house. Ambassadors have to carry a zeal. And so what I see happening right now is, is this, um, we're in like this transition space where God has revealed himself in this, this, this manner that is more serious and um, more militant and, and it's being handed off he is he's taking what it is that he came dressed in and is handing it off as if a mantle to his people now now you carry the seriousness of the kingdom you carry the zeal of the kingdom and you guys it's just so important that that we be able to to have our feet underneath us in order to carry out the the seriousness of the kingdom of god we need the zeal of the Father's house on us at all times, or we are going to miss it completely. We are going to veer off into spaces that that are going to, um, uh, what's the word that I'm looking for, uh, deceive us into thinking that that we're doing the right thing. And 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 on on Sunday, I had this this moment where I could literally hear the intercession of Jesus, and he was echoing. the the portion of the word that he gave us for 2023, which was to break the, the back of tolerance and hold the line of conviction to echo no compromise. And he just kept repeating that over and over and over and over again. And I'm like, I get it. And in that moment I could feel this this transformation coming at us of you must take on a militant stance. There was just, there was this, let me just say it like this. It was as if he was coming at me like a judge on his bench with his gavel in his hand and he wasn't playing around. You must take on the zeal of your father's house. You must do the things that he called you to do. And, and in that moment, God was, was also taking me to um, 1 Samuel 15, which is the story of Saul's fall, right? We know the people ask for a king and God's like, you don't need a king. We want a king. And he's like, fine, have a king and, and send Samuel to anoint Saul as king. And, um, and there's very little training that's going on in this kingship. He sends him to a company of prophets, and and once he finds them, he begins to prophesy, which I think is really important for us just to understand that the word of God needs to flow through us to carve out a way, a space to house the zeal of the Lord. We need to get into a company of prophets so that we can learn how to rightly engage the word of the Lord and have it course through us so we can understand that way he speaks a word, he's not playing around. We have handled prophecy like it is optional and it is not. When God hands down a word, he is serious. He's not playing around. We've gotten away with it. We have so gotten away with it in the past, but we can't anymore. We have to, we have to break the back of tolerance in this area. And, um, and so then he's, he's sent on a mission to go and take out an entire army, an entire people. They are not to live, not one of them, not just the people, we're talking all of them and their livestock. And so Saul goes in and he he finds another space to take in the midst of this, this moment. And it's an assignment, he's on assignment and God has given him very specific instructions. But he finds this little space to veer off ever so slightly. And he keeps the king and he keeps some of the livestock. And God is mad. He's mad. Can we allow God to be mad? Is there space in our theology for God to be mad? God's mad in this moment. And Saul, as a king, is not capable of keeping the crown on his head because he is bowed to his own way. And Samuel comes to him and he's like, what have you done? When a king does not follow through on the assignment that is handed down from God, it is left to a prophet to go and finish the job. It is not what God intends. People ask for a king. He gave the king an assignment. We are to take the assignments of the Lord seriously. And we can't do it because we don't know where our feet are. And I do believe that the two the two different scenarios are related, that we're, we're incapable of being obedient because we don't know where our feet are.
1: Talked about grace and the, the the grace movement, and none of this negates grace. What we fail to realize is that a response to grace is a response to what Jesus has done for us, what he has brought us into. And it is a, a response that doesn't bring us salvation. It is a response to the salvation being given to us. And it is a response to partner with God. And and in whatever way he is showing up, and, and right now that is in a very serious way, and so we need to be able to take uh, the the serious nature of, of of holiness and fear of the Lord that God is bringing right now, and put that together with grace and say, okay, yeah, I see the posture that you are calling me to right now, and I am going to make sure that my feet are in line with that posture, that I am I am. Uh, uh, Echoing that cry of, of no compromise and in not compromising my partnership with God, I am, in fact, in that moment, breaking the back of tolerance because yeah. I'm not tolerating anything that would pull me out of this space. And I think that uh, a response to grace is where we get ourselves mixed up and, and somewhat lost because then we want to people will start looking at at works as something that that qualifies you for salvation when in fact it is just simply the response to salvation that's been given yes. to us it is it is our saying god yes i'm partnering with you in this you have done it all for me so i'm giving up all that i am now in response are we going to do that perfectly nope and that's where grace comes back into play yeah and yeah. I just, I don't want us to miss this. We have to, we have to take exactly what you're saying. What, what God is saying, I, I'm serious right now. This militant posture needs to be taken. And, and if we don't, uh, uh, understand response to that and, and understand that it is, it's not a response of, of, I want to say this rightly without it being confused. Uh, it is not a response that comes out of a sense of duty or out of sense of um, needing to earn something. It is simply a response to what I have been brought into and what has been done on my behalf.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, 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 the thing that we hold on to where grace is concerned is that Jesus cried out. It is finished. And it is, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that's not being negated by, by, by us championing an assignment by us saying that there is, there is, there is a work that needs to be done on the earth, that there is dominion that needs to be established as ambassadors. It's our job to stake the ground. For the kingdom of God. It is our job to ensure that the government of God is what is being applied and that it trumps every other power. And so ultimately, when Jesus cries out, it is finished, we have to understand that the Father was reconciling the world to himself in that moment. He brought us all into the act of sacrifice. By the unblemished lamb. We all died with Christ. We all were buried with Christ. We're, we're, so we're co crucified, co buried, and we're co raised. Not negating that. It is only by that, that belief, that faith in I have been raised, I am more than a conqueror, I am seated because we are, it goes beyond the resurrection. We are co-seated in heavenly places. And it is from that space of authority that we have the opportunity to put Christ's victory on display in the earth today. You cannot blindly go about your life convincing yourself that, oh, Jesus said it is finished, therefore it is you have to look around you and realize that he did what he did so that we would lay hold of the kingdom of God and force the issue that his victory be put on display in every interaction that we have. But again, that's going to require feet.
1: Yeah, that that idea of blindly walking around and just saying, oh, Jesus said it's finished. So that's it. That completely and utterly negates discipleship. Yeah. If we're going to uh, uh, follow out the, the great commandment of make disciples of the nations. Then we're not just sitting around. There's right. there's movement there.
0: Yeah understanding, where
1: you're, yeah. understanding where your feet are at and what you're doing. Um that matters. That matters if we are actually carrying out uh the commandment to make disciples of all nations. And and in that regard, you know, uh what are you putting on display? It goes back to that question. And and I'm, you asked that something similar to that um a couple of weeks ago. And I think it's important, you know. What what am I putting on display of where my feet are at right now? Yeah. Whether, whether I realize it or not there is uh, um, there is something put on display whether I'm paying attention to what I'm worshiping or not I'm worshiping something I'm worshiping. putting my yeah, I, I'm putting my my allegiance my my alliance uh, a partnership with something at all times what is that right. am I being intentional and in, in taking serious the call of God to to engage that question often, mm-hmm. minimum once a day, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So.
0: Yeah. And we're created to worship. And and so that's, that's what you're, you're talking about is that worship is flowing from us at all times. We are worshiping something at any given moment and worship is a magnifier. Mm. What we worship is magnified in your life. What you consider is magnified in your life. So this will be really easy for everyone to understand. You get a new car. You've never seen this car ever on the streets until you're driving it. And then suddenly everybody has this car. You know what I'm talking about? Because your mind is on the car and you are so powerful. You have the ability to, magnify. It's the principle of worship is that we are magnifying something. We are making it big. There's a, an older song that I have made you too small in my eyes. Oh Lord, forgive me. I have believed in a lie. That you are unable to help me. So now, oh Lord, I see my wrong. And, and it goes on to be magnified. Oh Lord, be magnified. Be big. We're essentially asking Be big. I want to see you in everything that I do, every direction that I turn. I want it to be you that is magnified. And you see this principle happening when you have an engaging moment with the Lord. Then suddenly you see the details of that encounter everywhere you look. It's the same principle because worship is a magnifier. Now worship is different than praise in this regard because praise comes from a posture of sacrifice. Praise comes from a space of, I'm going to get over myself right now and I'm going all in and I'm going to to release words, I'm going to release language that makes much of you, Jesus, over over whatever else is going on. So this is a space of sacrifice when we enter into praise and and we know that it's praise that takes place in his courts. We have to get through that that gateway of thanksgiving to even get to the courts of praise, but it's in that space that requires a sacrifice. It's it's a sacrificial heart posture that we have to get to, but worship is something that oozes from us at all times. Our mind is on something. We are concentrated on something and we are magnifying it. And so we have to be really mindful of what it is that we're feeding ourselves because what we feed ourselves is, is where our our point of emphasis concerning worship is going to come from. Hopefully that's helpful.
1: Oh, that's really good. So good. This this conversation is, it just really, again, going back to what I talked about at the beginning, it's absolutely fascinating because we, we just so often will fail to see the significance of what we consider to be the mundane. Yeah. The mundane of of feet. And, you know, people are like, hey feet, grass, whatever. Well, you know, get over it. <laughs> Your feet matter. Yeah. And if we if we go back to, how beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says, design, your God reigns." If we are going to be, uh, uh, have our feet be beautiful upon the mountains, uh, we better, better pay attention to where they're at, and and pay attention to the the news that we are bringing. What news are you bringing? Are you right. bringing good news? Are, are you are you publishing peace? Are you publishing salvation to people? Yes. Are you showing up as an ambassador of the ministry of reconciliation? Right. That has been handed to us and and we had better understand where our
0: feet are. Well, and then you you have to, you guys, we have to go here quickly. We're going to go here because you have to remember that Jesus, one of his last acts as as a human walking the earth, is washing the disciples' feet. And Peter's like, no, Lord, don't, you know, like don't wash my feet. And and then, you know, Jesus is like, Peter, no, and then he's like, wash the entirety of me, right? And Jesus just simply says, you don't need your whole person washed. It's your feet, Peter, that need to be washed because beautiful are the feet that bring the glorious news of Jesus Christ. It's our feet. It's our feet that, that established the authority. Listen, everywhere we go, there should be a rattling because our feet carry that level of authority. Our feet are so washed in the love of Jesus Christ. I mean, part of the armor is the shoes of peace and peace is not passive we need to better under we need a better understanding of of peace if your idea of peace is passivity if your idea of of peace lets you off the hook if if your idea of peace is to just like oh well we'll just pretend like that doesn't exist you're wrong that's not what peace is peace is is establishing something right so if if our feet are shod with the shoes of peace and our feet carry the authority As ambassadors of the kingdom of heaven, the ground should be shaking everywhere you walk. And until it does, you need to be asking Jesus, okay, where are they locked up? Where are they locked up? Why are my feet cramping? Yes. I'm excited.
1: I I am too. (laughs) the, the last thing I have to say is, is I, I want to read this from Second Corinthians 5, uh, starting in verse 16. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ... Uh, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There is a a new perspective that we need to take on feet. We need to see that uh, we are, are are something completely new, and we have this ministry of reconciliation to carry into the world. We are ambassadors for the kingdom of God. We are ambassadors of Christ, and that is part of what we are carrying in. This news of of come, believe in God, there's salvation for you. Now it's time to embark on discipleship. Where are your feet now?
0: Yeah. Yes. And with that, let us pray. Father God. Yes, thank you. I I feel so thankful for feet right now. Hmm. Reveal to us where our feet are, God. We trust you. We trust you to reveal where our feet are. What are our feet entangled in? What has our feet? What keeps us from establishing authority on your behalf? Hmm. I don't know. I just I just feel I feel like God is wanting to to do some healing in the area of feet, whether it's um, toenails or like I just I see ingrown toenails and um, and I also see fungus of the toenails that God is wanting to heal. So if that is you just be expectant and hold on to that. And, and begin to, this is such a common thing, you know, ingrown toenails and fungus yeah. in the toenails. And so right now we release the healing power yes, of Jesus. God over feet right now, over fungus. Fungus, you dry up and disappear and never come back again. Ingrown toenails, align yourselves rightly with the word of the Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. God, we just thank you. We thank you for your healing power. We thank you that we have access. God, I just I, I release revelation. I release kingdom revelation over your people. That we wouldn't just understand where our feet have been, but we would be audacious enough to take ground all in the same day. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Yes. Chris. I'm guessing that's a response to fungus in toenails. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> God cares about everything. He does. He cares about everything. All right, guys. Be blessed. We will not be on. I will not be on on Friday. Turns out. But. Um, We'll see you soon. Love you. Yeah.